Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this very special edition episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast, Observing Global Entrepreneurship Week. I don't see myself as a woman entrepreneur. So therefore, I do not see my life and my business through that lens. I am really a person who about you have a vision, you get on with it, you do it and deal with the challenges as they come. I am definitely still overcoming my number one challenge. I think that the same thing that is most challenging is also uh, my biggest asset, and that is my industry. Being a woman in business in Jamaica is, is, is a little bit unique. Jamaican men can be a little bit overpowering. Women are taught culturally here to not be too loud or too brash. Extroverted women get bashed more than extroverted men. Hi, I'm Henneka watkins Portal, your inspirational leader and host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now let's go to today's episode. Starting off episode 87 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast for this very special edition observing Global Entrepreneurship Week is, among other things, a qualified accountant, certified business and career coach, accredited InfoDev facilitator, ambassador for Women's Entrepreneurship Day, and author of the best-selling book, The Amazing Race to Entrepreneurial Freedom. She is a board member of Shift Caribbean, the British Chamber of Commerce and Youth Business Trinidad and Tobago. It is my pleasure to welcome Georgina Terry to this very special edition of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Welcome, Georgina. Hi, Henneke. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome sauce. What comes to mind when you hear Jamaica? Oh, I lived in Jamaica for a year. And so wonderful people, uh, wonderful beaches and the grill. And I was there just a few months ago. So, yeah, that's what comes to mind. And happiness, pure ah, happiness. Ah, awesome sauce. All right. <laughs> Let's move a little into your background. And um, so, of course, my people performers know that each of our conversations are going to be shortened version of what an entire episode with one person would be. Yeah. But um, so, right. So just going to move a little into your background, both personal and business wise. So I'll start with personal. Georgina Terry, as you know, um, um, maybe you can tell from the accent. I am originally from London, South London. Um, <laughs> I came to Trinidad 17 years ago this month. I came on an assignment with a UK consulting firm, worked with them for six years here and in Jamaica and in Africa, and then 11 years ago, left them and started Business and People Development Associates. That's my company. So back to personal. I'm the eldest of four. My mother's from Trinidad. My father's from Sierra Leone. I think one of the greatest gifts my parents ever gave us as children, and they told us this very, very young that we can be, could be, will be anything that we desire in this life and we can have anything we want. The only limitation will be in our minds. And they told us that so young that we did not contest it. So 
I realize now as I'm growing up and have been growing up that we were blessed to be given that gift that gift to know that we have whatever it takes within us to do what we want as long as we want it enough want it enough that you can see it taste it feel it smell it and that gift has enabled me and my siblings to break stereotypes uh, reach for the stars and that's one of the reasons I coach um, I realized as in my 20s that not many people knew that they had that gift within them that they could do whatever they wanted and through my coaching um, I'm able to support people to know that that is possible and the dreams that they have inside them can and will be reality once they want them enough Awesome. And I, I love how you actually just segued into the business aspects of it. And um, just listening to you talk, you know, I really wish that I knew that in my 20s, like it was or, or even in my teens, like, you know, it was somehow I knew I wanted to, to be different and to do big things. But that having that instilled in me from a very early age, I wish I had that, you know, and, mm. and you're right. And so having found that out, oh, my gosh, like knowing that the sky is the limit and the only limitation is in my mind, that is priceless. priceless. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Just a little bit onto what your journey has been like. Uh, as an entrepreneur, because you 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 have really been doing a lot and you're mastering your craft. What has your journey been like? I said 11 years I started on this journey and I wasn't one of those people that sat down when they were younger and said, oh, I want to have my own business. Um, I used to work for The Economist newspaper and PricewaterhouseCoopers. So I was a corporate person through and through. Coming to Trinidad, as I said, I came with a UK consulting firm and after working with them for six years, decided I wanted to move, move on from them. I looked for positions here, um, as, in, as in Trinidad, and couldn't find something that was in line with the salary that I was earning. Because then I was earning pounds living in Trinidad. So I thought, well, okay, let me see if I can start my own business. I don't know how long I'm going to be here for, but let me start my own business. And so that was the that was the start. It was really, well, what are my options? And as being an accountant and and a coach and a consultant, I was like, well, if the business doesn't work, I can always fall back on those those, you know, those hard skills, those technical skills. So that's where it started. I don't consider myself a natural entrepreneur, but I do consider myself very determined and with a gift for vision coming back to what my parents were able to instill in us. So that's where it started. And <laughs> I'll be really honest. When I started, I really didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like um, many of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did the kind of usual thing that you kind of do. I went, I had, well, I'd saved up a lot of money. I advocate that you should have money set aside to look after you during the first few, you know, year of your business. That's the accountant in me, the risk averse piece. And um, so, but this also was a was part of my downfall because I had a lot of money saved. I'd saved a year's salary. I didn't change my spending habits. I continued doing like enjoying the things I used to enjoy, forgetting that I had no money coming in. Got myself a nice office because that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I thought, and sat in my office creating programs, different programs for different people who didn't exist because I didn't have any clients. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I remember going out one evening and uh, with a with an associate of mine, and she introduced me to someone, and they said, "How do you 
what's your business name? So I said, BPD Associates. And they said, uh, how do you market yourself? Mm. That was my response. Mm. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> and I quickly changed the subject and talked about the weather or something. <laughs> and I went back to my office and I was like, oh, that's an interesting question. How do I do that? Now, what um, happened? I can tell I'm, 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 a, I'm a storyteller, so I'm trying to keep it short with an unlimited amount of time. So we, if I wind back quickly to the 2009 kind of recession, I had a client who was in Africa, great lucrative contract, fantastic. Then they said, sorry, Georgina, we cannot continue the contract. I was like, okay, great. I can stay in Trinidad and build my business. And then I realized I did not have a business. I had a client. Mm-hmm. And let's just say for a good few months, I rolled around the floor crying, etc., wondering what to do, very lost. And then again, because of what is instilled in me and also just knowing, you know, having this this passion and purpose inside, I was like, okay, we can't do this for much longer. We've got to do something. And then I just kind of pulled into my resolve and became extremely close to God. I feel that that whole disruption, if we'll call it that, was really for me to see that who's really in charge. Mm-hmm. All my successes, I realized, had been done through me, not because of me. And realizing that, one, it was very humbling, but two, enabled me to pour on a source that I had not fully utilized previously. And through that, when my back was against the wall and knowing there was nothing else but, but God, I was able then to allow the direction to come and to push through. Like I had a figure in my head of what I wanted to earn. It was roughly like £8,000 a month, right? And I had an accountability partner that I used to work with through a mastermind. And she kept saying, every time I'd meet with her, I'd say, okay, the shortfall is £8,000. And it kept being zero, right? <laughs> the shortfall was £8,000. And I said, okay, you know, let me give myself another figure. By the time I meet you next week, I have a new figure. And I went to try and write a new figure. And I could not write a new figure. And I knew I had been given that figure. Hmm. So I kept saying, Okay, I'm coming back. It's 8,000. Yes, the shortfall is, eight, is zero. Yes, 8,000. Continue, continue. Anyway, long story short, after quite a few months, I was talking to two clients. And when I finished those two conversations, and they both said they wanted me to work with them, when I added up what they both were going to, um, my services were going to charge, what I was charging for, it was 8,000 pounds a month. Wow, fantastic, fantastic. No, that's an interesting story. And, you know, I mean, I hate the fact that I have to keep it so short. <laughs> it really is time. Right. It's an interesting story. No, I really want to segue into that question, which I want to get from all my guests that would be on this episode is what is the number one challenge that you faced as an entrepreneur and how have you managed to overcome that challenge? Great. I was up all night with this question. I'm really honest with you because I don't see myself as a woman entrepreneur. So therefore, I do not see my life and my business through that lens. I am really a person who about, you have a vision, you get on with it, you do it. And deal with the challenges as they come. The challenge I have is linked to the gift I have. In the sense that I am very clear about what my vision is, what I need to go after, what I need to do, what, what, I, need, what I need to achieve. That's very clear. It's very specific. Like, I will write a book, which I did. I will become an accountant, which I did. I will have my own business, which I did. So the visions are very clear and very specific and normally time bound. What my biggest challenge is, is that I have no clue how I'm going to do it. 
Mm. So my <laughs> biggest my biggest strength is having the vision. The biggest challenge is I have no, I don't know how to do it. Therefore, I underestimate how long it's going to take me. Mm. And because I underestimate how long it's going to take, I also take on a lot of projects. So sisters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if that's it, that's it. And, you know, I'm just trying to get perspective. So there is no expectations. I mean, like for me, the truth is I have a struggle sometimes in looking at things from that same lens that I'm asking the question through because challenges are challenges. I mean, and I cannot necessarily vouch to say it's because I'm woman why it's happening yes. because I'm female, right? I don't, I, I don't really have any tangible proof so challenges are challenges and you deal with them as they come so it's good to get your perspective Georgina and of course we have to wrap it here for this first portion of the entrepreneurial you special edition now I'm going to take from you want you to share with us how might my peak performers get in touch with you because you've kind of just you know piqued their interest and I'm sure Mm -hmm. they want to hear more from you want to learn more about you so by all means share your contact details and also share any freebie that you may have, you know, that we can learn from and we can, can, that can be useful to us. Okay. Lovely. So how you can get hold of me is at info, I N F O at B as in business, P as in people, D as in development associates with an S.com or through Facebook. The name of my book is The Amazing Race to Entrepreneurial Freedom. So you can find me there. In terms of freebies, I have two. One is a free business and personal development, 60-minute tips. So you get those once a week um, in, in your email. You can sign up for those at B as in business, P as in people, D as in development, associates.com backslash business tips, tips with an S. And if you also would like to preview some chapters of my book called The Amazing Race to Entrepreneurial Freedom, you can go to that website, The Amazing Race to Entrepreneurial Freedom and receive free chapters and also the workbook. The book helps you to know what it takes to start a business um, so it's for people starting and for people who are already in business, not too sure where they're going to. And that supports you in navigating this journey. Awesome. So I want to say thank you so much. My guest has been Georgina Terry. She is now based in Trinidad and Tobago. And I've been having a great time. I'm so, you know, so sorry that it has to be so short, but we'll be in touch. Right. So thank you so much, Georgina. And I wish you all the best on your onward journey. Thank you so much, Henneke, for inviting me to be part of this series. I truly am honored. As we move along this very special edition episode, my next guest is a former NFL cheerleader, Rose of Ashburn, Virginia, who is on a mission to dismantle disparaging stereotypes about cheerleading and to make it a tool for empowering girls. She started her first company, More Than Cheer, as a sophomore at Virginia Commonwealth University, Modern Chair has grown from a completely mobile startup to serving hundreds of young people each year throughout Maryland and Virginia. She has been featured in publications such as USA Today, Richmond Business, Sense, Under30CEO.com, US News, 
and World Report, Yahoo Voices, American Express Open Forum, and various others. She has graced the cover of the London Business Journal as one of the top women business leaders in London County and was recently named Woman of the Year by Phi Upsilon Zeta of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority, Inc. It is my pleasure to welcome Brittany Rose to this very special edition episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and among such amazing women. Indeed, and I'm excited to have you. Now, what comes to mind when you hear Jamaica? Um, so my family is partly from Jamaica. My father was born in Kingston. So um, Jamaica is so dear to me because it's where my heritage comes from. Ah, so you're Jamaican. Yeah, come on over anytime, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're, you're welcome. Yes, yes. Please come and, and look for me. All right. So now I, I have shared, you know, quite a bit in my intro about you. Very impressive bio that you have. Just take us a little more into your background, into your development and share about who is Brittany really? Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. So I think the word to describe me best is entrepreneur. And I think that is an overused word, but I can't think of another word that is more true to who I am. I love building businesses. My business happens to be centered around cheerleading and empowerment and girls, which are, are so important to me. Um, but ultimately, it's the experience of building businesses and helping others to build businesses to live a life that they really enjoy and love that has the freedom of time and freedom to be with your kids and freedom to be financially stable. That's probably like the most important thing to me. Awesome. We will continue with the thread that we've been asking all our women here on this particular episode. And it's to share what is that number one challenge that you've faced as a female entrepreneur and how have you managed to overcome that challenge or are you still overcoming? I am definitely still overcoming my number one challenge. I think that the same thing that is most challenging is also uh, my biggest asset and that is my industry. Being in a childcare-centered, sports-centered, cheer, dance, gymnastics industry makes it more difficult for potential investors, business partners, things of that nature to be interested in what I do and then to really see the vision. And most importantly, to be able to see the business model behind it. I think people often hear cheerleading, which is, is kind of what my company leads with. Um, and they kind of just automatically think that that's not for them. Like that investment, that project, that venture is not for them. And um, that it's not true. It is for them. And so bringing people the numbers and having people understand the true business model behind what we do, that it's not only really impactful for our kids and our community, but incredibly financially lucrative um, is probably my number one challenge. And because I often am underestimated based on my industry, it also um, makes it my best 
opportunity because I can sit in a room and I can say nothing or I can say everything and I kind of have an opportunity to steer the direction of the conversation um, and kind of be like a fly on the wall if I need to be. So I have an opportunity to sit back and watch the major players and see who's who before they understand who I am and what I'm capable of. Interesting. I, you know, I've, I would never have taken that position or, you know, uh, that viewpoint. So it's good that you clear that up. So I'd want to ask you because, I mean, of course, I mentioned in the intro about your cheerleading company, but I need to get a, a clearer sense from out of your mouth <laughs> as to what exactly your company does to share that a little more with our peak performers. Absolutely. We are a recreational sports company that is centered around acro sports, which are cheerleading, dance, and gymnastics. And we use those sports and activities to help empower our kids to become the next generational leaders. So we work on leadership skills and personal development and confidence, character development, goal setting, um, body image, all of those things that make people into great people. Those are the skills that we impart on our students. Um, we do that through a host of programs. We have weekly classes, we have seminars and clinics, we have camps every, every day school is out, but also all summer long. Um, and then we also have an after school program where we pick up our students from about 15 local elementary schools every day after school. Uh, and then we also have teams. So we have four competitive teams and then a recreational team and a sideline team. So lots of moving pieces, lots of kids. But ultimately, the mission is to make sure that they are prepared to be exceptional people in their communities. That is such an exceptional thing that you're doing. I love what you're doing. I love what the company is about. And of course, it's not the me, uh, well, I don't want to say me too, because it's a totally different context. But anyway, it's not the more of the same, you know, um, kind of business. And I'm sure that, you know, works well for you. One last piece of advice that you will give to any young lady right now who wants to start a business. And before you close out with your giveaway that you have for us and also your contact information. Yes, absolutely. So my biggest piece of advice is to push, like push to the next level, continue to grow as a person, always be looking for what excites you, what moves you forward. Um, never just settle for average. Go for what it is that you really want in life. And don't be discouraged if it appears hard or difficult or challenging. Um, I think the best parts of life are just past the points where you really wanted to quit. Um, so that would be my best piece of advice. And I am taking my own advice and moving into some different business endeavors, including more business coaching for women entrepreneurs. And so today, my giveaway is going to be to do free 30-minute uh, Instagram live calls with anyone who is looking to grow a business, scale a business, start a business, find a business idea that they love. I'm happy to sit with you and talk with you through the process. Amazing. And how might our peak performers get in touch with you, Brittany? You can reach me in a couple different ways. My email is Brittany at morethancheer.com. Um, but the best way is to reach me on Instagram. And my handle is at the at sign B as in Brittany period the boss 
at Instagram. Jitter Rose of More Than Cheer. Thank you so much for spending time with me and my peak performers. And I wish you every success on your onward journey. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for doing this. It's such an honor. The fun continues with value-packed conversations with some amazing women as we observe Global Entrepreneurship Week. My next guest is a major player in the Jamaican music industry who has been intimately involved in stage show production, marketing, and artist management for several years now. And over the years, she has diversified her business interests, launching a number of successful ventures such as Armbands Plus, Jamaica's leading wristband and event ticket printing company, and being a franchise owner of two Western Union locations and Cambio branches in Kingston and St. Catherine, respectively. I'm happy to welcome Jade Lee to this very special edition of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Welcome, Jade. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. <laughs> so, so what do you love most about being Jamaican? Oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> I, I, I often say to my friends and colleagues, many of whom are politicians as well, I am a patriot, not a politician. Being a Jamaican woman, it, it speaks to a certain level of strength, individuality. Many of us are single mothers. Not that you don't have other people who are single mothers, but we have learned to juggle being a single mother, being an entrepreneur, being the father as well of the household, uh, pr the provider for the household. You know, it's, it's a combination of things. I think a Jamaican woman embodies strength and beauty from inside and out. Mm -hmm. And the word that comes to mind as you're talking is resilience. Absolutely. You have to be resilient. <laughs> you know, right. you, mm -hmm. indeed, we still indeed. exist in a third world space. So, you know, you, you, you really have to learn to yeah, walk a fine line and, and, and do business both within and outside in the international marketplace. Exactly. Now, your bio is quite impressive, right? And of course, I didn't even get time to go into all of it. Now, take us a little into your background and your journey into becoming the powerhouse woman that you are today. Wow. Okay, so I was born in Kingston and my family moved to a farm in Linstead, St. Catherine, which is rural Jamaica, when I was maybe about seven years old. And so I sort of shared both worlds, both rural Jamaica and the city life, because I went to school in the city. And um, growing up on the farm, my dad was actually a businessman, and we owned a plaza and supermarket in the town, a small supermarket, like a grocery store. And so from a very young age, I was, you know, bagging out flour and sugar and rice, packing the shelves and learning how to operate the cash register. And on the flip side of that, at home, I was also learning uh, about the animals and the farm and, and, and crops and that sort of thing. Uh, my dad didn't do too many crops uh, at the time. I actually, in later years, when I took, I took the farm over about eight years, about six years ago. I'm a full-fledged farmer now, so it sort of transitioned from there, from that early, early um, 
you know, introduction to, to the land and the passion for the land and all of that, you know. So my foundation is from, um, my dad was a, a merchant. He was Chinese. And we learned from a very early age to, to be young entrepreneurs, you know. You're a full-fledged farmer now, but in addition to all of that, you've managed um, successful uh, Jamaican artists, you run companies, you know, Armbands Plus, and um, also franchise holder for Western Union and, and, and Cambio. Now, what has that journey been like in getting to where you are today? It's been a bittersweet journey. And it's been a challenging journey, but I must say that I have had quite a few doors open as well because I am a woman, you know, uh, and I have had quite a few doors closed because I am a woman. So it's been a double-edged sword. Um, I graduated from university quite young at, uh, it was about 21 and um, started my first business, which was a clothing store in Ocherius. Got married very, very young. Marriage just lasted a very short time. And decided to dive into my business side to provide for my young children. My children were very young at the time. And I became a single mom very young when most girls were really finding themselves and really out partying and you know, changing their hairstyles every week. I was challenged with um, providing for my children and feeding them and sending them to school. I'm a big advocate of education. So my children always, no matter what the cost, they had the best tutors, the best education, not the fancy shoes and the new clothes and the designer clothes. No, they never had any of that. But Education was really, really my top priority um, and started business from that, that, that very, very, very young age, being a new divorced, you know, newly divorced woman in my, in my 20s, three children, and I have to provide for these children. Um, and so it, it was out of that. But then again, I came from an entrepreneurial family. I, I'm, I'm very much like my dad. My dad was really a hardcore businessman. And I think, you know, I, I learned a lot from my father, both integrity and principles of business. He was a man of great principles and integrity and, and, and guided me. He says, listen, you never have to sign a paper to do the right thing. You must look in someone's eye and shake their hand and agree on something and do the right thing. And so my foundation in business, I think in very short order, the, the few people that I started to do business with recognized that, you know, I, I meant business. I was, you know, a, a little sharp, you know, as you have to be as a young woman in business, you kind of have to hold, hold strong to certain things or as you really get trampled on. Um, but as I said, certain doors were open to me as well. And I did walk through those doors and I made the best of it and I proved myself. There was a lot of proving to do too, because people don't just embrace a 26 year old that comes to you and say, listen, I have a business plan. And I'd really like to be like, excuse me, you know, who are you again? You know, so, you know, you, you, you kind of have to 
have to really and truly dot your I's and cross your T's. Um, I started out with clothing and retail, and from there grew into artist management, um, art uh, show production, uh, music marketing, and I've I've represented many artists and many different sorts of Jamaican musical platforms throughout Inclu the world, including yeah. Um, artists, including Sean Paul, Nadine Sutherland, um, wow, uh, Ward 21, Bounty Killer, Ninja Man, a, a lot. Um, I brought Destiny Child to Jamaica uh, when they did uh, the Sumfest. I, I was the one who, who, who did that whole um, booking. And mm -hmm. So, you know, it, I've done a lot in, in the music business. I'm very passionate about the music business. I think we have a, a, a unique sound and business that really should have and could have gone in a different and a more uh, word. Uh, I don't want to say, I, I want to be very careful with my words now because we have made a... a, 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 a a tremendous impact on the world. Mm -hmm. I, I, my modus operandi throughout the years has always been to benefit from it. You can make an impact, but not necessarily benefit from it. True, true. So now you have gone the gamut, Jade, of you're in music, farming, um, different ventures, armbands plus, etc. You're doing that gamut of, of, of things and wide range and very... Um, very broad and dynamic, and I love it. Now, the number one challenge, is that what I want to get from you, that you've faced as a woman in business? What has that been, and how have you managed to overcome it? Well, being a woman in business in Jamaica is, is, is a little bit unique. Jamaican men can be a little bit overpowering, they have very big egos. I love my Jamaican men. I'm not trying to put a spoke in their wheels, but so they, they, they sort of come off as a little bit as predators sometimes. So having to deal from my early 20s right till now with Jamaican men, the first introduction or the first time that you probably sit in a meeting or so on or so forth, it's not all business. And I think a lot of my sisters will share this, 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 this whole argument with me because they sort of see you, not hear you. They see you, but they're not necessarily listening to you. And so I had to get over that hurdle. Yes, you're seeing me, but I need you to listen to what I have to say because I have something to say. The, the coy way of, can I take it to lunch or can I take it to dinner? Sure, but can I bring my document so we can discuss what's at hand? Right. So how yeah. have you managed with all of that? Because I mean, I'm Jamaican, I'm woman, and I can so relate to what you're talking about. Now, how have you managed to to just say, you know what, it's about business and, and, and deal with that and not let not be distracted by what else, you know, all the other overtones? You know, what has been the most amazing part? 90% of these men now are such great friends and supporters of my businesses and causes. I grew up with 
three brothers and about 14 adopted brothers and foster brothers. I grew up with all boys. I was the only girl. And that helped me a lot. The way I handled it was I just completely ignored the advances. I stuck to the point at hand. I was very pleasant. I was never reprimanding or rude or disrespectful. I embraced the fact that I am a woman. And yes, that's going to come at me. And so I sort of just, I sidestepped. I sidestepped a lot. And I brought, I always brought, you must always control your environment and control your conversations. I became a master of controlling my environment and my, and my, my conversations. And I always brought it back to the point at hand. Some of them are, can be quite persistent, but you need to keep focused and you need to, to remember your agenda. Your agenda for coming into this meeting is to close your deal. I love what you've said about being a master of your conversation and bringing it back to the issue at hand. And that's a very valid point on which we can end. Give us your final points and close off by sharing how we may get in touch with you. I want to encourage women to get into farming. That is a very, very important thing for me because of all the farmers I know, the women are the most meticulous and articulate farmers. And more women should really, really involve themselves in this. People can reach me on um, all I'm on all social media. Uh, Jade Lee official on Instagram, Jade Lee on Facebook, the, the farm at Little Orchard on Facebook as well. And when you go to my page, Jade Lee, you will see all our other social media pages. Support, support Jamaica and the farming movement because. That's one of the things that's going to take us out of the distress in our country. And I want to encourage a lot more people to get involved and get serious about it. So thank you so much, Jade Lee. It has been my absolute pleasure to have you on this very special edition episode of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. You are an inspiration from one Jamaican woman to the next. I truly and absolutely say kudos to you and congratulations. Continue to inspire, continue to aspire and continue to shine. I know that my peak performance community are absolutely thrilled to hear from you and that they will be reaching out to you after this conversation. My next guest on this very special episode is the Chief Entrepreneurship Officer at the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship and Founding Network Manager of Alpha Angels between 2014 and 2016. Conducting economic and statistical research for the best-selling books, Free Economics and Super Free Economics, she has consulted for the Ministry of Finance in Jamaica, worked at Bain & Company in New York City, and has helped develop a global brand strategy for Caribbean conglomerate Grace Kennedy. She has an MBA with first-year honors from Harvard Business School, and a BA in economics from the University of Chicago, where she graduated Phi Beta Kappa and student Marshall. Woohoo! In 2008, <laughs> she was featured in the CNBC documentary, The Money Chase, Inside Harvard Business School. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Lysandra Records to this very special edition of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Welcome, welcome, Lysandra. Thank you, Henneka. So happy to chat with you. Awesome. So, so as someone who has experienced life traveling the world, what stands out to you most about Jamaica? 
Oh boy. Jamaica for me is identity um, and home. And for someone who moved every two years for between the time I was 18 to the time I was 28, um, having a place that I can go back to that really reminds me of who I am and where I came from is always really important. So Jamaica equals identity for me. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a nomad you're living, <laughs> which is pretty cool, right? I was for a while. Now I've settled here. You're, you're, you're settled. You're settled. And no one are better than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just a little. I mean, you have such an impressive um, bio, really nice you know, record of doing great things, not just in Jamaica, but around the world. Outside of what was mentioned in the bio, just um, put a little... Uh, you know, give us a little insight into your background. Sure. Um, when I started out, I wanted to be an economist and uh, save Jamaica and move us forward, help us to become a wealthy nation. <laughs> um, and so I did economics in undergrad because I wanted to be minister of finance. Um And then I ended up at Harvard Business School and was in private equity for a while. And my next iteration of that was, well, Jamaica needs a venture capital industry. We need an ecosystem that invests in businesses, helps to make them much bigger and generate economic growth in the economy. And when I moved back to Jamaica, I ended up at the Branson Center doing exactly what I had wanted to do. Um... Outside of that, though, I consider myself a bit of a renaissance woman in that I love the arts. I love books and reading. I love art and architecture and history. Um, And that's really what drove me to travel to all these countries around the world when I was younger and start my own blog. I love writing. I've loved it for a long time. Um, And so I just have a lot of different interests outside of business, but I also love business and economic growth. I mean, we're going to get to the main question, right? But um, it's like each time I listen to you, like every time you say something, it is wanting me to, to go even further. But of course, like I mentioned <laughs> in the pre-interview chat, we're going to take this conversation to a whole other level in another podcast episode because you really have a diverse, um, and speaking of diverse, you know, the, the, the interview previous to this one was all about diversity, was just talking about diversity, not in this episode, but in, a, in another episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. And, and you embody that kind of, you know, diversification as it were (laughs) all right so we are yes indeed and i love you talk about when you were younger talk hello (laughs) you're very young right now (laughs) anyway moving right along so as the ceo of the branson center of entrepreneurship caribbean what is that number one challenge that women business owners face and how do they mitigate against such challenge The number one challenge for women business owners is aversion to risk. And I'll give you an example. When the Branson Center was targeting startups, we had a 50-50 split between women and men business owners. And we took a shift earlier this year towards scale-ups who have reached a certain revenue level. And once we instituted that revenue threshold, we saw the ratio change significantly to 80% men and 20% women. And of course, we asked ourselves the question, why? Why is it that above 
80,000 US dollars a year in revenue that we see a dramatic fall off in the number of women business owners that reach that level. And the, what, as we did, looked into it some more, we discovered that women have less of an appetite for taking larger calculated risks to move their companies ahead. So that is one of the biggest challenges now for us. And we're trying to think through ways to help address that. Do you think, I mean, you've answered the question and we could have just said goodbye and go home. But, <laughs> <laughs> but do you think um, it has to do, Lissandro, with confidence issues? What I mean, yes, that's that's perhaps what's a, sin, a symptom of perhaps a bigger problem. And maybe you, you have not done research to show that, but, you know, based on your own um, ideals, could it be fair? Could it be, a, well, a lack of confidence that lead to that fear? Mm-hmm. Anecdotally, I definitely think that's a major contributor. There are self-esteem and confidence issues culturally with women in the Caribbean. And this is just my personal take, um, not statistical, but uh, women are taught culturally here to not be too loud or too brash. Extroverted women get bashed more than extroverted men. And so women have this fear of stepping forward and leading from the front. Um, And so we have to really overcome that. But that's not the only reason. Women also are the primary caregivers at home in the Caribbean. So them, the risk of failing feels like it affects the whole family, the children especially, a lot more than when a man takes on a similar risk. So in my view, in order to overcome some of these things, we have to give women a little bit of a safety net so that they feel more comfortable taking these risks. And we've pushed, um, we've been pushing with the grant making institutions here to, when they're issuing grants, allow the grantee to use more of the grant money for salaries to de-risk the entrepreneurial endeavor, especially for women. I quite like your response because I know that, um, especially, you know, the first part of the question when you responded, it it was really based on research. And I like that it wasn't just, you know, based on what you believe. So thank you so much for sharing that. What is your final thoughts as it relates to women in business and, and, and taking risks? Well, internally, as women ourselves, once we know that this is an issue, we have to now understand in our own psyches what is preventing us from taking risks to leap our companies forward, not just incremental change, but great leaps forward in our companies. And how, what can we do for ourselves to overcome those internal blocks? Do we need a business coach? Do we need a therapist? A lot of leaders need therapists, you know, and nothing is wrong with that. Do we need to take more time in nature, meditation, connecting with ourselves? What do we need to overcome those hurdles internally. So look deeper then, because some, m- many times the answer is actually deeper then. Thank you so much for sharing, Lissandra. I'm speaking with Lissandra Rickard. She is the Chief Entrepreneurship Officer at the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship. It's really great talking with you, although it's a very short time. <laughs> I want to ask you to just leave your contact information. Where can we find you on Facebook. And I don't know if you have any giveaway. I didn't clear that up with you before. If there is something that you want to refer specifically or community of peak performers to, then you can do that as well. 
Well, you can connect with me across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is List Records across all platforms. And you can search for me on LinkedIn as well. I'm there too. And in terms of a giveaway, wow. Well, we have a workshop coming up for Global Entrepreneurship Week. Um, it's on Saturday, November 18th, I think it is. And we can get one person in for free. It's on finance for entrepreneurs um so that will be the giveaway i'll offer to your listeners henneke awesome sauce you know right on the spot i put you on the spot like that yeah i know <laughs> and you delivered <laughs> spoken like deliver, a, yeah spoken like deliver. a true entrepreneur right <laughs> indeed indeed it has been a pleasure and i wish you all the best uh lissandra records on your onward journey thank you henneke we needed to raise capital but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. So you want to start your podcast, but you don't know where to host it. Go to HennekeWatkinsWatcher.com and claim your one month free of podcast hosting on Blueberry. Or if you already have your host, but aren't getting statistics on your podcast, you can claim one month free stats from Blueberry at HennekeWatkinsWatcher.com. That's HennekeWatkinsWatcher.com. Go right now and claim your one month free statistics. We have come to the end of another great episode of the Entrepreneur You podcast. Remember to subscribe in Apple Podcasts and download all the episodes that you would have missed if you have not already subscribed and downloaded the episodes and play them to the end as well because good stuff is always at the end too. So do that as well as go and leave a rate and review right now. I'd appreciate that. It helps a lot because I put a lot of effort into creating this free content and it does help when I know that it is of significant value to you. So Show your love by going to Apple Podcasts and just leave a rate and review. And when you leave that review, do send me an email at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com because I'd love to be able to read them in an upcoming episode. And if I'm not notified, I won't know it's there because unless you go into all the different stores in Apple, there is no way that I can actually know that a review was left or a current review was left. So it's important that when you leave your review, you send me an email, let me know about it so I can go look for it and read it live on an episode of the Entrepreneur You podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Henneke Watkins Porto. Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win and expect to win. What good?